0: broadcasting live from beyond the wall this is the monstrous feminine the podcast where horrible humans talk about horror my name is zeba and i'm joined by my bonies mila and louisa and this is our last episode covering romantic horror taya is off this episode but she'll be back soon For this discussion, we are talking about the 2013 Zom Rom-Com, Warm Bodies, directed by Jonathan Levine. If you would like to hear one more bonus episode on this theme, then head over to our Patreon and pledge. Before we get into the film, go ahead and follow us on Spotify, YouTube, or the Apple Podcasts app. You can find all of our links on our Instagram, at The Monstrous Feminine Podcast. In Warm Bodies, a
1: zombie named R laments his near-catatonic state and muses on the meaninglessness of existence in the post-apocalyptic world. That is, until he meets Julie amongst a group of survivors who are searching for medical supplies as part of a mission for their nearby camp. The zombies attack and R consumes a young man's brains and realises as he absorbs his memories that this is Julie's boyfriend. R immediately develops feelings for her and saves Julie from being consumed. The two spend time together, and after numerous close calls, Julie begins to trust R. The more R feels, the more alive he becomes, and he learns that the other zombies can awaken through love, too.
2: What am I doing with my life? I'm so pale. I should get out more. I should eat better. My posture
0: is terrible. I should stand up straighter. People would respect me more if I stood up straighter. What's wrong with me? I just want to connect. Why can't I connect with people?
2: Oh, right. It's because I'm dead.
1: So we asked you guys on Instagram to submit your dating horror stories. And we're going to read out three of the submissions we got. So one of our submissions said, he fist bumped me goodbye
0: after he made me pay for my own McDonald's. (laughs) Why are y'all saying yes
2: to McDonald's dates in the first place? I assumed it was end of the night like they'd gone out this and seems this- like post club okay that's a bit more understandable i filled in the gaps myself and i think it was end of the night they went to mcdonald's after whatever because you know depends on where they are because you think that london bars are open late they're not this could have been like 11 p.m but nothing's open the who pays on dates is so it's just <laughs> it's
0: unduly stressful <laughs>
2: I actually went on a date which ended in McDonald's once before, to be fair. And um, she paid for like everything. And she bought like a McDonald's feast, my ad. So I'm going to say for this, yeah, the bar is very, very low.
0: I'm very much a you should be going Dutch on dates. That's how I was raised. That's how I was taught to be. But like my mom said, when you're both students, and then she never updated the advice beyond that. I have never paid for anyone else's anything, I will say, on a date. Either I've gone Dutch or been paid for.
2: Okay, wait, I go... For dates, like, generally, I go Dutch. But, like, this specifically... It, it was because like she'd gone to the counter and I think she surprised me by coming back with a like a McDonald's feast. I always say surprise, but it was like, <laughs> what I'm saying is I didn't ask for all of that. In fact, I think she was just going to get something and I was just going to like eat some fries and then she came back. So like it was her treat, but I did not expect it. And I usually do split things on dates.
0: Are you dating within your tax bracket? I feel like if you make a lot more money than me, you have to pay. But this is what I mean. That's if you're dating,
1: not on the first date. I feel like if you're already dating, I do think- there's sort of more relaxed rules about like you pay I'll pay next time if you're significantly richer than I am are you a CEO then I'm not paying for anything Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but that's things you have to figure
2: out you can't like make any assumptions on the first date it depends man like okay I'm assuming I'm gonna assume that this was a male to female thing and in which case I'm gonna get I'm gonna get like controversial but I think men should pay
0: And here's the thing. I'm also an elitist. And I- Yes. We also have interests. Yes. And I feel like I'm at a point in my life, this is a new realization and perhaps a new habit where I'm not going on a date with somebody who doesn't have a good job, you know, or like, (laughs) I'm just not going to do it.
2: I second this so much. I'm going to level with you. It might sound snobby, but this logic would have also eliminated me pre-getting this job in the sense that- I want you to have a job or just have something that you like care about and are passionate about. I think it's such a turn off when somebody just doesn't know what they want to do. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. We all go through that phase. I just mean like we're not gonna be compatible while you're in that phase. I've tried to date people who are in that phase at this stage in my life. It doesn't work. So no, what is it? I don't
0: want no scrub. You don't have to like make a ton of money, but you have to have like a good job that you use your brain for. Does that make sense? <laughs> Okay, so
1: wrapping up that wonderful submission, thank you so much for sharing that horror with us. The next one we have is revealed that she was a cop during the talking stage. Well, this is quite a literal horror. Hard pass. Yeah, hard pass. Hard pass. I'm glad it was brought up during that stage before I assume any meeting had taken place. Um... It's one of those careers, it's just like a hard no. It would be
0: a disservice to call it just an ick because it's more like a moral disgust. Do y'all have like m- like people in the military on dating apps over there who are like trying to get married tomorrow? Is that a phenomena that y'all have over there?
2: I haven't heard the second part marriage tomorrow, but I have seen like a couple people who were like Navy or something. And I'm like, simply no. So in
0: the US, because our military industrial complex is predatory and enormous, everybody gets recruited out of high school and then they get this fear of dying. And then they get on dating apps and they try and get married immediately because they're like, I can't die without having fun the love of my life I wonder if she has like if, she, if like the person felt the need to disclose being a cop if it's like a problem in her dating life generally
2: even if they were like if I deemed them a good person individually I'd be like I cannot forgive the institution you're a part of like it's naive to think one good person and it will change the entire institution a and b I could not stomach having to tell my friends that I'm like seeing a cop or my family. It's just so against like everything I've been arguing for, (laughs) like abolition and defunding the the police. So I don't really think that I could get past it, even if they were a wonderful person. It it just like individually, I just I cannot do it. I cannot hate my partner's job. This does also go for military as well. I think like just it's too much. It's too much of an institution of violence. Are there any other
0: professions that are immediate hard passes for y'all? I have one that's going to be
1: left field. Oh, go on. You're going to be surprised by it. All right. A chef. <gasps> oh, I'd love a they chef. do have crazy hours, though. I think most chefs working normally in like higher end restaurants are clinically insane. <laughs> in that there is a like superiority and obsessive. Need for perfection, which I unfortunately struggle with in my own life in different ways. My partner can't be that kind of like arrogant fucker. Like, I take up that space already. No Gordon Ramsay's for you. Yeah. Obviously, not the same kind of aversion towards that profession as a police officer.
2: I wouldn't get a gynecologist. That's a really interesting one. I would, but. <laughs> Because of that one episode of Friends where she dates a gynecologist who's a guy and he says that, like, you know, when you, like, come home at the end of the day and you think if, if you because she was a waitress and he's like, oh, do you ever get home after the long day and think if I see one more cup of coffee and I'm sorry, that did so much damage. <laughs> now I can never date a gynecologist.
0: I feel like it's like reading the tea leaves, like they know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is what I mean. I'm so sorry. If you're like a really sexy gynecologist, like if you tick every other box, I might be willing to overlook it. But I don't know. As I stand right now, I think it's a no
1: from me. Hard note, the whole of the finance sector.
2: I could date lawyer. I could date finance. I could date tech Person, I just think that they they'd have to have a, some really strong creative hobby that they're really Could into. you date side. somebody who's into
0: cr- just crypto? Their whole money is in crypto. <laughs> Zeba, don't ask stupid
2: questions. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand crypto, and it scares me, so I'd probably stay away from that. No fintech, please. Okay, let's move on to the last submission we're going to read.
1: So, I was on the date, and the conversation was very dry. So I asked, "What's your guilty pleasure?" And he said, it's having sex with men. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) And he said, it's having sex with men. So I was like, okay, but why do you think that is a guilty pleasure? He said that he likes to have sex with specifically hairy older men who have a family. (laughs) 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 I...
2: I'm somewhat obsessed with this, like brutal honesty on a date. I must say, this is from Emma. Emma wish should not be anonymous, so this is from Emma.
1: I want to know so much more, and I wish I'd never heard this. I like the plot twist of he's not necessarily homophobic, but he is morally questionable.
0: Yes, it's the qualifiers to I me: mean, Harry, older, has a family. <laughs> like one of them. It those sounds, is like, not like, it the sounds other. like daddy, daddy issues. issues.
2: Shout out Emma. I'm really proud of you for getting through that situation. I'm glad that you like tried to gently prod him into exploring the potential homophobia when you asked why was that guilty. We love a progressive queen. Yeah. It's all about praxis, what we bring into our everyday lives. Yeah. Honestly, what an ally. I hope that your next day is wonderful. That's what I wish for you. Absolutely. Happy Valentine's Day, Emma. Happy Valentine's Day. Sending you hugs and kisses and chocolate. If you would like to be a Witch of the Week, you just have to engage with our content on all platforms. And finally, reminder that we are also on Patreon. For £1 a month, you gain access to our Discord. For £3 a month, you get to hear cut discussion from one of our main episodes. And for £5, you get all that. Plus a bonus episode. Please support us. Any contribution helps. Warm bodies. My initial thoughts is that I actually welled up in like the first 10 minutes of it. 10 minutes? Well, he like brings her back to the airplane and he's like, don't cry. And I don't know. I thought it was sweet and I should say that I am PMSing. I don't think it would be my usual response. But yeah, I welled up at several points and I was like, it's just beautiful. Like love, love truly conquers all for real.
1: I thought you were going to well up when they were like remembering their past memories with loved ones.
2: When they all go and stand in front of the holding hands photo. Yeah, that did get me as well. It was
1: very touching. I'm surprised at this. If you have forgotten Louisa hates
2: comedies. Louisa hates fun. But Louisa loves love, so that so you give me a rom com and I'm on board. Yeah, it did get me. And then I was thinking that, like, you know, those Twitter tweets or like TikToks, where it's like, "Would you still love me if I was a worm?" <laughs> it's got me thinking, like, "Would you still love me if I was a zombie?" And if the answer is no, I don't think we're meant to be. Well, it
1: depends. In this film, they can re find or reawaken their humanity.
0: I don't know if I have patience for waiting for a lot of people, like besides my mom, I don't know if I'd like wait around and not kill my loved ones and hope that they could be rehabilitated by love. I mean, obviously, it'd be guilt ridden when I found out that it can be reversed, but we can cross that bridge when we come to it.
2: Yeah, I mean, what did you think of the dad? Because he was like, this is what you do with zombies. They try to kill you I shoot them with the head. And then he said, like, That's what I did with your mother. And I was like, Well, you were dumbass because you just waited. Well, not dumbass. I feel like that was the appropriate reaction for the knowledge that they had at the time. However, I bet he felt stupid afterwards thinking, Damn, I shouldn't have shot her in the head.
0: We only have the gift of hindsight. And I feel like more people could have been zombified had he not killed her, maybe.
1: I don't know. I love Joel Malkovich. I think he brings a an intensity to everything he does. He was the perfect cause for that, sort of out of touch in the sense that he had lost sight of his humanity in like survival mode protecting his family his community camp yeah it was very much like shoot things ask questions later and then the power of love between his daughter and a zombie break the spell
2: I thought it was like like the setup where like he's it begins with him eating her boyfriend's brains and she like still like is able to like get to know him and see him as kindly. I was like, that is wild. Like she truly hated her boyfriend.
0: Do we think that he fell
2: in love with her because he ate the boyfriend's memories?
1: No, because he was in that, like enamored with her when as soon as he saw her. Or at least like led him to like better understanding of her sooner than it would be on another normal timeline for getting to know someone and no access to their memories. Which is a bit strange. And somewhat my worst nightmare.
2: Yeah, would y'all eat the brains or would you not eat the brains? Would I eat someone's brains to find out more about the person I like? I want to say no, but I know I would. That wasn't exactly my question, but I like where you went with it.
0: (laughs) My question was, if you were a zombie, like he says, like the brains are the best part. I feel like for me, I would avoid the brains because I would feel guilt ridden about knowing everything about the person who I just killed.
2: But he also says that it's the only way he can feel something at all. So every day is like this numb experience and eating the brains is like the one shot of emotion. I'm just forever an emo. And I think I would also relish in that numbness and be like,
1: life is just meaningless every day. You would
2: be a bony in the first week.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I would. would. In an apocalyptic zombie scenario, where does romantic love sort of fall on y'all's like list of priorities?
2: Number one, how often I think about this is like ridiculous considering it's fantasy, like not a real thing. But I think about like, it's literally shot of the Dead style of like who I would save, go down the list. And it's always like, I don't even have a girlfriend, but I'm like my
1: girlfriend. <laughs> I honestly think that in, I know there's a joke in the film when um, her friend, Teresa Palmer's friend is like, believe me, I know how hard it is to find a boyfriend in the apocalypse, da, 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 da. Depending on the safety of the environment, to what degree are you in fight or flight? I feel like if the world collapses and you're no longer having to deal with bills, with going to your nine to five, with dressing properly, not have any other external pressures of like normal functioning capitalist societies...
0: But your priorities are also shifted in that, like, okay, let's say you're looking for protection or comfort or intimacy or all the things that you're lacking post apocalypse. I think it would become a higher priority. Like, okay, I, if I'm, I guess all my relationships would probably be heightened. Like, if I'm with my friends, my friendships would be heightened. If I had children for whatever reason, everything would be about protecting my children. If I had a romantic partner, I'd be like, not only are you a romantic partner, but we are like, partners in survival and it would become a dependent relationship in that way if i didn't have a romantic partner i don't know that i would be looking for one in this scenario or that i would be seeking it out but i
1: think that it would in a a sense be easier to find like a partner than it is in the current dating landscape
2: wow that's bleak that's a wild take mila I feel like I guess you're right, though, there would you would li- you would remove a lot of the barriers that cause relationships to be difficult. Like if no one's working, people fight all the time in these
0: situations. You don't think a fight would take y'all out.
2: Just think about what your usual type is and just saying your, your type might change. Also, like it removes any need of being picky. Like there's not that many people left, so like you're probably gonna be like, oh, and consider people like my standards cannot be that high in the apocalypse. So you're probably right. I probably would end up dating. Would you fall for a zombie? Would you be that desperate? No, she was real. She was, she was wrong for that.
1: Here's the thing. I think that all of the our types, the standards we hold, the expectations we have for our ideal partners. A lot of them, if we sucked it up, if we simply had no other choice and we were, like, dating or simply interacting with, like, loads of people in that sort of, like, apocalyptic scenario where your focus is really on simply day-to-day and let's say it's, like, relatively low stress, like, there aren't zombies trying to kill you every fucking two seconds, it's more just, like, back to really simple living, I feel like people
2: would be able to make much deeper connections. This conversation is reminding me of Triangle of Sadness. It starts with, like, two rich, this young, rich couple, and it's, like, this really hot model. Um, and then they shipwreck with a bunch of other people. It was about your point about, like, what's deemed useful in a society based on just survival skills. And basically everything that we value in this society is no longer useful in, like, when you're just trying to survive. I feel like
0: some people still have fucking, like, ancient desirability politics like I feel like some girls are like I want a man's man if you can't start a fire don't even talk to me
2: yeah but like they would do well here
0: that's what I'm saying but I feel like I don't know as far as the things that we value today I think some of them are really deranged considering that we don't live in caves anymore and that we don't live in an apocalyptic
2: society (laughs) maybe they're onto something maybe they're onto something they know
0: something we don't I mean, she has no sense of self-preservation at all. She was literally chilling, listening to records with a zombie.
2: Well, I guess because he spoke to her. Spoke is generous. I think, like, when they went in for, like, that final kiss. I'm not gonna lie. It grosses me out.
1: I just think that I can't get the, like, initial image of him out of my head.
2: Yeah, I mean, I know at this point he's mostly back to life. Like, like, in fact, that's, like, the final thing that does it his eyes turn blue again and he's revived his half
0: zombie self looks like half the dudes in brooklyn anyway like they are malnourished and pale
2: yeah victorian cool yeah that timothy chalamet look is very in at the
0: minute yeah
2: they're also probably on something they've got that
0: zombie look in their eyes too
2: yeah the white guys often have that look in their eye yeah <laughs> this is yeah, okay. I I don't think I could. Have, I, yeah, the kissing was weird. I was like, this is a little, it's giving Snow White in reverse a little bit. Wait, Sorry. in
0: what way? Love's true kiss. Have you seen Shrek? They also kiss in that in Magic Hat. What do you mean,
1: have I seen Shrek? <laughs> what do you mean?
0: Is she a corpse or is she just asleep? They thought she was dead. She was like in a deep sleep, but they put her in a coffin. She was in that glass
2: coffin. He thought it was a corpse and he kissed her it doesn't matter if she was or wasn't whereas she knows he's a corpse in this movie and i'm like okay so obviously there's a strong necrophilia like line here
1: but daddy i love him
2: it was but daddy i loved him
1: i mean like i don't see how that can be compared to people who are actually like necrophilic because her her attraction to him is not based on him being a zombie it's because she got to know him as a
2: person that's like the whole point of the movie—that love triumphs all. For somebody who just proclaimed high standards across the board, this is like surprisingly a low bar for you. I found it repulsive, but I
1: support it. As in, I don't. I, I what I mean is that I don't. I wouldn't go so far as to say it was like necrophilic.
2: That's really generous of you, Mila. It's toeing. It's toe in that line for me for sure. I didn't say. I don't know if it's full for like all the way. I think that this film is interesting in. An interesting take on the zombies in that they... We know it's Romeo and Juliet, right? R and Julie. And we know that... I mean, Romeo I did not. Is...
1: Oh, the balcony scene makes sense now. I was like,
2: this is very Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid to reference. His best friend was also M. It was like Mercutio.
1: Like, oh, it was... I'm a dumb bitch for not seeing this.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well... <laughs> apparently it wasn't obvious, but anyway... I was going to say, with zombies, there is a lot of exploration on, like, human versus non-human relationships, right? And I think that it's interesting how in this one, that's only traversable. Like, we can only overcome that because there's actually another villain entirely, which is the Bonies. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, there was a a level up. Yeah, without the element of the bonies, there wouldn't have been any bonding moment between the two species, shall we say, of zombie and human. And I think that's indicative of human behavior. Like, I was thinking, like, there has to be an other.
1: Actually, like, them having the bonies as these, like, completely savage creatures stripped of their humanity with no, like, chance of redemption. You're right, like, without that, what, like, there wasn't any purpose for them to reconcile but then I'm sort of like, why? I mean, I, it doesn't matter, I guess. Like, it doesn't matter why they turn into bonies. It's not the point of the film. But
0: I'm curious, like, why? He says they just gave up. Or that they gave up on their humanity, I guess is what he means. I would be a bony so fast. I would give up.
2: We don't have Taya. Ty is the one who says, no, I would try. Ty would do the reverse. Ty would
0: fall in love with a, a human man and get revived.
2: Yeah, and I, I love her for that. Actually, this reminded me a touch of Shaun of the Dead. Many critics, when talking about zombie films in general, have analyzed them as a form of capitalist critique, for example, the Living Dead series, and like the ex- excessive cannibalistic consumption of zombies is a critique of thoughtless and excessive need for endless consumption fueled by capitalist systems. And then Shelley Reese's academic essay, The Queer and the Dead, Transgressive Sexuality in Shaun of the Dead, points out the film's Marxist comedy on labor alienation, for example, like the scenes on the bus going to work. And this one, we have that scene where um, he says, it must have been so much better before where everybody could communicate and express their feelings. And then it cuts to everybody on their phone looking down and not actually interacting and making connections at all. I think Shaun of the Dead was very much more labor oriented and like, because zombies end up part of the workforce. But this one did seem to be like emotional alienation for sure. If I was doing like a weekend viewing, I might put these next to each other, a little double feature. And then there's also Freudian reading of this from uh, Manhola Dargis from the New York Times. Freud described the oral stage of early psychosexual development as cannibalistic pregenital sexual organization. In this stage, he elaborated sexual activity has not yet been separated from the ingestion of food. In order for there to be a story, R must learn to keep his monstrous appetite in check so that he can be with Julie and not just consume her. He learns, in other words, to separate sexual activity from gobbling brains. Now, I thought that was an interesting psycho sexual analytical review, because I guess he is like, I don't know, discovering sexuality in the very first moment.
0: It's not like Edward and Bella, which there's no yearning there. I don't know. There's no cannibalistic yearning.
1: Thank you for listening to The Monstrous Feminine. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, SoundCloud and Spotify at The Monstrous Feminine Podcast and on Twitter at The MonFemPod. Pod. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and follow us on TikTok at The Monstrous Feminine Pod for podcast clips and more fun. Brooms up, witches out.